This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hi, I'm Deanna Bartolini, and this is the introduction to my podcast, Not Lukewarm. And so I'm going to tell you just a little bit about myself and give you an idea of where we're going with this podcast. So first, why should you listen to me? There are lots and lots of people who want you to listen to them in this world. Some of them are the people that you know and love and interact with every day. Your friends and your family, the people you serve in ministry, people that you care about, that you know, as they say, in real life, right? Those are the people who really we are compelled to, to listen to. And then there are other voices that want us to listen to them. People who are cultural icons, who are famous sports figures and politicians and clergy members and authors and all of the people who we know who they are, but they don't know really who we are. And so we listen to them sometimes and they want our time. Oftentimes what they want, though, is for us to agree with them and to maybe get us to start to believe what they believe. They want to sway us in some way. Certainly if you look at... um, you know, movie stars or commercials or marketing companies and sports figures, what they really want is for you to agree with them and then to use their product or watch their movie and and that sort of thing. Well, I'm not here to sway you into what I believe. I'm here to talk about what the Catholic Church teaches and how I live that out in my daily life. And not only what the Church teaches, but who's God? Who is God in my life, and how do I live out my life every day? So I live my life out as a wife, as a mom, as a grandmother. I'm a daughter. I'm an aunt, a friend, a teacher. I'm a seeker of truth, beauty, and goodness. I'm sometimes a saint, sometimes a sinner. But always I have my eyes focused on Jesus because I know that when I focus my eyes on Jesus, I'm not going to be led astray. And there will be less times where I'm a sinner and more times that I'm more like a saint. And sometimes I can't look at Jesus because I've fallen into that sinner category. But you know what? That is when I turn to his mercy and I ask for forgiveness Again, just going back to again and again, looking at Jesus on the cross and knowing that as long as I face him on the cross and allow him to give me what I need, I'm going to be doing the right things. So for a long time, many, many years now, I have served in both paid and volunteer ministry in the church, mostly in Florida, where I moved to after I graduated from college. And... uh, I will tell you that, honestly, my faith is something that has sustained me for as long as I can remember. Truly, God is my rock and my fortress. I can remember as a child that I had two favorite places to hang out. One was my local Catholic church, my parish, and actually it was my school as well. And the other place was the library. Those were my go-to places, whether it was good weather, bad weather, 
whether it was hot out, whether it was cold out, uh, rain or snow, it didn't matter. If I could go either to church or to the library, I was a happy girl. And now the truth of the matter is you can just add a great coffee shop to that. And those are my favorite three places today, really. Uh, I find everything I need in those places. I often joke that I would find it very helpful if in adoration chapels or just actually in any chapels in church, they would put like a chair and a desk so I could really do my reading and writing and studying right there in the presence of Christ. That would be absolutely so phenomenal, wouldn't it? So you know, don't think, please, that because my faith has always been there for me, it has not been tested. So my faith has been tested. But it was tested through the lens of knowing that everyone, as my dad has always said to all of us, is that everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time. And that included clergy. And so in our church, when the scandals hit, I was very, very sad and I was angry. But I knew that it was not God's fault. And my faith it was maybe tested in that there's that pause where you think, why am I staying in a place that has hurt so many people? And then I think, well, I've hurt a lot of people and I get to stay. So I keep staying because the church is not a place for perfection. It's a place for people who are searching, people who are journeying toward God. But I will say that because of that lens, knowing that I did not expect perfection from the clergy, that when all the scandals hit, I was actually working in a parish, and I had to field a lot of phone calls as to whether or not the confirmation that had just happened on Sunday was still in effect, was it still valid on Monday when the bishop had to leave because of sex abuse scandals. And I was able to reassure them that indeed the sacrament was the sacrament. It did not depend on the holiness of the bishop, the one who gave the sacrament, because ultimately all of those sacraments come from God. And sadly, this happened twice uh, in our diocese, once when I was working in a, in a parish, and then the, la the next time that it happened was with my own son. And so that was a, a very difficult experience to have to go through two times, uh, in light that bishops had to be removed because of the sex abuse scandals. So that's one way where my faith, in a sense, has been tested. Another way is that, though I'm not very old, I have had a good number of friends, women, who've died young, died too soon, all of cancer. Um, all of them have left husbands. A number of them have left children. And it was very difficult to walk with them on those journeys, but it was also an honor, it was a privilege, and it helped me grow in my faith to help them embrace the cross that they had to embrace. Because at a certain point, it became inevitable that we knew death was coming. But so I was able to be with these women and then with their families as they moved from life into eternal life. Because that's what we believe. We, we are trading something that is transitory and not permanent for something that is eternal. And so as hard as it is to lose people that we love, 
especially when it's when they're young and it's to, to sickness. We have the hope and the, I have the firm belief that one, they're all together watching over me and that when it is my time to go, they're going to be there to greet me and be with me. And that gives me a lot of hope and a lot of comfort. So those are sort of the, have the bad things happened? Sure, the bad things have happened. But you know what? That's not the only thing that forms us, is it? As a child, I was formed in a Franciscan parish, and I went to a Franciscan high school. So I was formed by Franciscan priests and brothers, countless orders of sisters. Um, my favorite was probably Sister Margaret Donnelly. I don't know what order of sisters she was, but she actually managed to teach me algebra, and no one was harmed, which is a major miracle, uh, because math is not my strong suit. Um, there were a few Jesuits thrown into the mix, and I've learned, through, like most people, through life experiences. I read a lot and discuss a lot with people, uh, different books. I've learned in classrooms, both as receiving instruction and in giving instruction. I've learned through Bible studies and discussion groups. And I've learned so much through studying God's Word, from prayer, from going to Mass on a regular basis. All of those things teach me who I am, who God is, and who I am in relation to God, which is so important. One of the things that I've done mostly with my life in terms of uh, ministry, both paid and volunteer, is I've worked with instructing people about the faith. So I've taught children, I've taught teenagers, I've taught adults, uh, excuse me, I've taught everyone, really. I've taught everyone who wanted to be taught and probably a few who didn't really want to be taught um, when the whole my parents are making me come and do this routine. Nonetheless, I know that I may have supplied information and I hope I was a good example, but it was the spirit that led each person to the faith. It's not the teacher. It's the spirit who leads people to come to the faith, to put that desire inside of them to know who Jesus is, to know who God is, and to know what the church has to offer. So the spirit leads people to the church. And then it's the church's job, and in this case it was my job, my responsibility, which I loved, to teach people what they needed to know to, to fully embrace Catholicism. And do I think that every child who I helped prepare for First Communion and Reconciliation or every teenager or adult who came in, into the church or was baptized or confirmed, do I think all of them are practicing Catholics today? I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Does that make me sad in a way? But I also have great hope all the time that whatever we gave them, because it wasn't only me giving people information and knowledge and instruction, it was always a group of people, that everything that we did and everything that we said and the way we loved those people, that that is going to stay with them and hopefully at some point then it will make them turn back toward God and toward the church and become a part again of the Catholic faith. So 
what really then is the point of this podcast? So part of what I want to do is to give you a glimpse. What does it mean to be Catholic? What does it mean to be Catholic at this time and in this place where so many people care nothing about God, let alone about organized religion? So what does it mean? What does it look like to be a a Catholic woman, a Catholic person in this time and place? So who, who should come and listen to this podcast? Maybe you're seeking answers or you want clarity. Maybe you want to relearn the lessons that you've forgotten. Maybe you're not sure exactly what religion you want to be a part of. Maybe... You are from that great post-Vatican II generation who knows a couple of things, that Jesus loves you, and you know how to sing this little light of mine, and that's about it. And so now you want to know what you didn't learn. And any and all of those reasons are perfectly wonderful reasons to be a part of this podcast. So... Whatever your reason, it is always humbling to me for people to join me on this journey of searching for truth, for beauty, for goodness. This journey of searching for God who loves us. And really, once we start the search, He loves us so much that He shows up. He's always going to show up. And so we just need to have a little bit of faith. And he's going to be there for us. And so then the journey becomes a beautiful, beautiful walk with someone who loves us. And that's really how I look at life many times, is that God is right there with me. He is right there beside me. And the journey, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's uphill, sometimes I'm so tired... (laughs) And sometimes I'm not, right? It's just every day is different. But ultimately, it's that journey toward knowing who God is and who I am in relation to God. And so that's the journey that I invite you all to be on. That and to always to remember to try to live a life that is not lukewarm. And so where on earth does this not lukewarm business come from? It comes from Revelation, the book of Revelation, the third chapter Uh, If you look at verse 15, I know your works. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. And then in 16, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I don't want to be spit out of Jesus' mouth. And I know that that's an extreme example Uh, but sometimes extreme examples work. They put a picture in your mind, a picture that sticks with you. This one has stuck with me. Each podcast episode, I'm going to have a not lukewarm challenge. A small thing, or maybe a big thing, that we can do together each week to grow closer to God and to grow closer to living a life that is not lukewarm. And so our challenge for this week will be to pray a morning offering. So basically, a morning offering is when you get up first thing in the morning, you're going to ask God to be with you as you go through your day. And it does not need to be long. It does not need to be involved. It needs to be sincere 
and it needs to be every day. So the best way to do this might be to just post it on your bathroom mirror or by your coffee maker, whichever will work for you. And again, doesn't need to be too long. Uh, this can be simple as God. I offer you all that I think, do, and say today. Please be with me always. Amen. Does not have to be very long, as I said, and that's just something that I sometimes say. Um, or you can also use something that has already been pre-written, or you can make something up yourself. So I will leave some options in the show notes as to some morning prayers, and then you can go ahead and try to do them every day this week until the next podcast. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.